enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Podcast, your one stop for all things geek. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Temple of Geek Podcast. My name is Elizabeth, and I will be your host as we discuss the first series of She Hulk. There will be spoilers for all these episodes, the entire thing, so if you haven't watched all of She Hulk yet, I recommend pausing, going and watching the show. It's great, and coming back and listening later. If this is your first time tuning into the Temple of Geek podcast, welcome. The Temple of Geek podcast has been around since 2012 and is hosted by a variety of geeks from the Temple of Geek team. Here we cover all manner of geek and pop culture news and events. To our returning listeners, thank you again for tuning in. We really appreciate you being here. So I've got two guests with me today. I have you guys introduce yourselves. I am Alexandria, and I mostly write for the Temple of Geek, but I have done a couple of podcast episodes as well. Mostly a Marvel nerd, but I come with equipped with lots of comic book knowledge to to help the discussion along. Yeah, uh, Alexandria is our resident uh, Tolkien writer as well, and I've been really enjoying her uh, Rings of Power articles and write ups that she's been doing a lot this last, <laughs> I guess, couple weeks. You know, yeah. since the show aired. My name is Monica. I am the editor-in-chief at Temple of Geek, and I'm usually the host of the Temple of Geek podcast, but it is hosted by a variety of geeks. Uh, so today Elizabeth is hosting, but usually I'm the host. All right. And then for those of you who don't know me, I'm Elizabeth, a.k.a. Lady of Time Cosplay. I write for Temple of Geek, mostly Doctor Who stuff, um, some Marvel thrown in there, uh, and also podcasting sometimes and sometimes social media takeovers hopefully if anybody was following along you enjoyed our new york comic-con coverage which i had a lot of fun at that con so yeah so let's get started guys so first of all you know just overall now that we've seen all the episodes because we did talk about the first four episodes um earlier uh, just overall what did you think of the season oh i loved it I from beginning to end, I thought it was well thought out. It was well developed. They knew exactly what they wanted. As soon as they started, they knew what they where they were going to end, and it was a very consistent uh, storyline and way to treat the characters. Yeah, I agree. It was fun. Like more than anything, it was fun. I liked giggling. I loved the side characters. You know. Uh, I know She-Hulk was the star, but some of those side characters were also just like <laughs> stars. Um, and I just really, really enjoyed it. I had a good time. Yeah, exactly the same thing what you guys are saying. I loved it. I thought, like like you said, it was fun. Not everything has to be, I think we talked about this in the first podcast too, not everything has to be dark and brooding and world ending or multiverse ending. Yeah. It was just fun it was enjoyable it was funny and it was great and they did some really really clever things and i liked how it felt different from some of the other marvel projects that they've done um just it, yeah it was fun and i wish more people could understand that sometimes stuff is just fun it doesn't have to be huge explosions everywhere and whatever yeah. which I, we'll talk about it more later but i really enjoyed that the finale even you know touched on that a bit it's like no you don't have to do this formula formulaic thing every single time <laughs> so we talked about this um also in the first 
episode of the podcast um, about the cameos and how Jen had said, you know, remember, this is my show. It's not a cameo every week show. Do you think that the show continued to handle that really well? Or, and what about the fans themselves? Do you think that they handled that <laughs> as well as they could have? <laughs> I think the show did a really good job, like, especially as it went on, there were less cameos. I think most, I think some fans were upset that they had to wait so long for Daredevil just to get him so little, but that's their problem. It's a She-Hulk show. If you were watching it for the cameo of one character, you are the problem, not the show. So, um... I mean, I think the show did great and handled specifically Matt Murdock's uh, entrance into this version of the MCU very well. Um, And we'll talk about him and Jen later because that made me really happy. Um, But I think some corners of the internet need to just get it together. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I feel like there was a lot of cameos for any show. Like, had it been any other show in the MCU, like WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you know, um, even Loki or whatever it was. Loki had a lot of, like, cameos in that one episode with all the different variants and things like that. But I feel like this show had a lot of cameos. I'm not against it. I think that was great. It made it, like, fun. Uh, I loved all the superheroes that like started coming up, like these little side characters, these little one-offs, I didn't know anything about it. So it was kind of fun to kind of look up who these characters were in comics and things like that. And most of them were like nobodies. I mean, like, but it's just fun to see them like on screen. Um, And it got me excited for the possibility of like future seasons where she's just having like these legal issues. It's just a legal sitcom drama you know, everything wraps up at the end of the episode type thing. Like, that sounds fun to me. And I look forward to, like, all her legal cases that her pug and, um, oh, what's her friend's name? Nikki. Nikki. That Nikki <laughs> and, you know, her will solve together. So it was great. I thought it was a good balance. And as far as the fans, you know, I... I think we talked about this before on our last podcast episode, but I created a little bit of an echo chamber for me because I get all the issues that certain fans have with the show. But if I keep listening to them, it will take away my joy from the show. And I try to be like partial when I hear their reactions and things. And some of them are straight misogyny. Some of them are straight just, you know nasty but there are some where it where they have complaints about the fact that she hope doesn't fit into that formula that marvel has had for so long so i understand that some people don't like change and it's hard for them to see change and i'm like okay i get that but for me i'm somebody who can adapt to change and so it was just fun and I enjoyed it and I do like getting new things and it's not like the same repeat thing over and over. So I had to, because of the misogyny and because of just really negative critiques that kind of stole the joy from what I was enjoying, I kind of created an echo chamber. So I don't think that I really saw the full extent of what the negative uh, comments and feedback on the show was. 
Yeah, for sure. Like, like I think I've said, I can't remember if I said this on the podcast or if I just tweeted about it, but I, I think just Marvel fans need to watch more Doctor Who <laughs> so that they can get used to change and get used to some janky CGI once in a while, you know? Yep. Um, but yeah, again, like everything, all the cameos that came up, especially the cameos of characters that we had seen previously in other shows or movies, all felt very natural. Um, I loved how they, like there, I, I kept seeing theories from different people about how Matt was going to fit into different, you know, because there, there were theories about when he's going to show up and how he's going to show up. And I really mm-hmm. liked how they ultimately brought him in because I initially remember seeing a lot of people being like, oh, is he going to show up, you know, in in episode six because maybe Jen needs a lawyer to help her with, you know. But for him to be the lawyer for, um, oh, I can't remember his name now. For, the for costume the, designer. The costume yeah. designer. You know, especially because he has an interest. I think it was Luke Jacobs. Luke, thank yeah. you, yeah. For him to be Luke's lawyer, especially because he has a vested interest in making sure that his client list does not get out. Even though he does admit to Jen in the bar that Luke has made him some suits and it's like, my guy, <laughs> really? You know, Um they did a really, like I said, they did a really good job of making those cameos feel natural and like they made sense for where these different characters came in. Um, like you were saying, Monica, too, I really like that they brought in cameos of characters that we hadn't seen on screen yet, too, especially from my understanding, they're slightly more obscure characters. I don't want to make any like, because I, I did, it, it was kind of funny. Watching if you didn't people. know, you weren't gonna know. Like, right. that's, like <laughs> yeah, because like it, I saw a tweet the other because like people were discussing Scar. Is that how you pronounce the Hulk yes. son's name? Yes. Uh, discussing his haircut and like he was on screen for what five seconds and people were complaining that they had ruined him they, or whatever. But I saw a tweet. Were. I saw a tweet of somebody saying like. 90% of you never knew who this character was before he showed up on screen. So shut up, you know, like really you got to complain about this. Um, like I even mm-hmm. saw people complaining about how they handled Mr. Immortal, but I'm like, he was a fun character. I really enjoyed that storyline because we got to learn a little bit more about Nikki and a little bit more about Mallory Brooke. I loved that scene with Nikki just sitting on the table cross-legged, <laughs> you know, figuring out the different things that they could do to, uh, to make a settlement with all of his exes. (laughs) Like that was so much fun, you know? Um, just, yeah, Nikki was great in that episode. I loved, she, she's great. She's a great friend. I'm, uh, she's a, one of my favorite characters for sure from the entire season. Um, but yeah, the fans were a bit irritating. I personally thought it was hilarious that they teased Matt two episodes before he actually showed up. <laughs> oh, that was at the fanboys waiting for him for sure. They're like, oh, oh. he's coming. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> yeah, not yet. Especially because the next episode is the wedding episode. And Jen is literally like, yes, it's a self-contained wedding episode. And if you think it's inconvenient, yeah, that's how weddings are. I thought that was hilarious that was so much fun these writers <laughs> understood their target audience so well so well. and they they understood the feedback that they were going to get yes. so well and so they well. wrote it right into the show it. and that's that's amazing like you, yeah. that very very few writers could have pulled that off and i yeah. think they did brilliantly for sure. Oh my God. Uh, somebody on TikTok mentioned, and oh my God, I, can't, I wish I knew who it was, but 
it might have been Amanda, Amanda just vibing. And she said, how did they know like what was going to be trending and like what was going to be going on? Because it felt like the show was really relevant to what like is going on on TikTok discourse now and things like that outside of the show. Right. And it's almost same criticism that every other woman has gotten for existing. Time is a flash circle for crying out loud. Like I, this is a a completely other thing, but I am having John Locke flashbacks every time I see stuff about 13 and Yaz, like that kind of thing, you know, (laughs) like fandom discourse is a flat circle and it'll just come back around if you wait long enough. That's a fair point. (laughs) Same criticism happened for when Captain Marvel came out. Same criticism happened for WandaVision in addition to where's Mephisto? And I'm mad about (laughs) theories that I made up in my head, even though they make no absolute sense to what I've seen in the show. Um, I'm like, you guys realize she's been in like 1500 comics and Mephisto showed up in two of them. Right. Like we, we understand that that theory actually makes no sense whatsoever. Okay. I had somebody on TikTok TikTok try and tell me like, Oh, this show is, I'm waiting for everybody to acknowledge that she Hulk was a dream sequence from like the car crash on. And I'm like, no. And they're like, well, it doesn't make any sense otherwise. And I'm like, I'm just going to be done with this conversation. Cause (laughs) (sighs) I'm like, just cause the rules are slightly different within the comedy version of the MCU versus like the straight drama spy thriller stuff that we've seen before doesn't mean it's a dream sequence. I was like, what the heck? But yeah. yeah. uh, Anyway. But yeah, again, I just thought it was so funny how they teased him at the end of episode five and then he didn't show up and then he didn't show up in the next episode either. You know what? I just want to say this now, and I don't know if you guys meant to talk about it later or not, but the whole mad dropping out of the sky on that last episode, I just not stop laughing. The fact that he just dropped out of the sky. In the middle of a retreat, like, where did you come from? (laughs) That was so much fun. Like, you know, when she was like, let's fix this. And then all of a sudden she's like, oh, and boyfriend's there now. Like, And I am a sucker for like, like the, like you said, the writers knew their target audience and their target audience was me, I think. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm a sucker for like these swoon moments. So like the guy who eventually betrays Jen and like, you know, steals all her data and everything. I forget his name, but, uh, Josh, Josh. Yeah. Um, that guy, I was swooning through their whole courtship and just, I know I was up and when he betrayed her, like I'm still hurt about it. And I was like, wow, like he was so cute and he was so sweet. And I was like this bastard. And so then like all the scenes with Daredevil and Jen, same thing. I was swooning. I was eating it up. And I loved every bit of it. And I don't care what anybody says. Like, that was, like, perfect for me. Well, I I think because of the... And, like, yes, it was a bit of a twist when Josh uh, betrayed her. But, like, they wrote it so well that, like... Because of the fourth wall breaks, they they needed to make us trust Josh, too. And, And they did that. And then when he was, like, copying her phone and everything, I'm like, uh... But we liked him. <laughs> I know. Like, it really hurt me. <laughs> yeah. 
like when when I because I rewatched um, the final um, five episodes yesterday because I'd already seen the first four like two or three times at least between the screeners and then watching them as they came out. Like I very closely watched Josh that entire date sequence. I was like, did you give a hint? And they very purposefully shot it so that when we see them together, you almost never, there's almost never a shot where Jen is not looking at him. So Mm -hmm. he never drops that facade apart from like, I don't know if I was reading too much into it, apart from like a little tiny bit when they're in the car at one point and she's like looking out the window like this and he kind of just has a neutral face, not like a, you know, face. And I was just like, oh man, I really wanted to like you. You were so nice to her at the wedding. Oh yeah. I was just like, man, dude, come on. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, but so for the show, was there anything that didn't quite work for you or that you would have liked to see them do differently or even just done more with in the show, even though we only had nine episodes and short episodes of that? I mean, I just wanted them to do more episodes. I think this could be like a because it is a like sitcom format. I feel like they could have given us like a real season of what television is mm-hmm. like and and I am episodes. Well, <laughs> see, because I I've talked about how much I I I hate twenty to twenty two episode seasons because they're all filler. Like they're all filler. One in every four episodes actually moves the story along, and they were hell on writers because writers had to fill twenty two episodes, and that's that's, that's why writer strikes happen. Um, so. <laughs> I, I, I'm not a huge fan of like super long seasons. I think if you can tell your story in eight episodes, tell your story in eight episodes. But with this format and the way that they chose to write She-Hulk, I really think we could have gotten like they could have told the story in like thirteen or fourteen episodes. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they could have given me more. Um, yeah, yeah, because it it felt like a TV show versus a movie broken up into nine parts. And that's and I look. I wrote an article about all of the common criticisms I heard from She Hulk and why really none of them are valid. Um, one of the biggest ones I heard: well, it's a comedy and it's not funny. I'm like, well, humor is subjective, so you're already wrong. Um, but the the whole. Um, well, nothing happens. It's a show where nothing happens. I was like, so it feels like a TV show? It's the first show that feels like TV again? Y'all have right. been so desensitized by streaming services and their original content that you don't know how to watch TV anymore. See, I only watch the shows that have ended 20 years ago. So, Doctor Who and Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Bones have prepared me for not needing something to happen every episode. Um, it's just, it's just how it is. I think people have truly forgotten just how to watch television, but it felt like a TV show. Yeah. Yeah. I agree on all your points, Alexandria. Like it did feel like a TV show. I really enjoyed it. And I think that's what I enjoyed about WandaVision. It wasn't so much like, it was the nods to television that I had grown up with and mm-hmm. things like that and like the sitcom feel and how cheesy every episode was. And it wasn't really leading anywhere for a while. And I think you're right. We were so desensitized to that because we were so used to like the quick episodes and trying to figure out what's going on. And we've almost been trained by, you know, streaming services and just writers and things like that. Like, 
oh, look for these clues, look for this and try to, you know, solve the puzzle instead of just consuming it, mm-hmm. you know? So I think that that hurts shows like She-Hulk. Um, not that She-Hulk wasn't good or anything, right? But I think the way right. that we're used to viewing something can yeah, skew yeah, yeah. the way we like perceive something else. You know what I mean? Definitely. I yeah, think for the- sure. Yeah, I think the only thing that didn't work for me was Jamila Jamil's character. They, I was really excited about having her on. Um, I'm always like a fan of representation. I'm a fan of hers. I think she's a fun actress. I think she's like a good actress. I loved her on The Good Place. And so I was really excited to see her being introduced to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I think that they were trying to comment on influencer culture in a way that kind of maybe missed the mark. Uh, I think they could have done more with that. And I also don't like the whole pitting women against women with no reason. I know she served the purpose, like her suing Jen for the name She-Hulk. I love that. I love like the pettiness in it. I love the little rivalry, but I don't Mm -hmm. feel like it wrapped up in a satisfying way. And like, I agree with that for sure. Yeah. That's the only criticism I really have of the show was that one, I wanted to see more of her and I wanted maybe even some character growth from Tatiana, you know, maybe something where her and Jen became allies or just seeing that their rivalry continued and maybe we'll see it further, but it just felt unfinished or just, she was just kind of thrown in there for, to Mm -hmm. like, for, for fans, not assuming she's the baddie, but she wasn't the baddie after all, you know? Yeah. So that was my only criticism. I hope we see more of her because she was a relatively big part of the comics. Like, she did go head-to-head with She-Hulk quite a few times, but more than that, she was, like, an actual part of the universe. Like, she was in Secret Wars. She was in Acts of Vengeance. She was in – she was – she was really – kind of integral character I would call her a catalyst for a lot of stories and so to see her um adapted as like a super influencer and then not used very much was kind of a a waste but maybe that's just her setup yeah I kind of had a similar thought where I would have liked them to do more with Titania especially because I would have loved to know what reason they would have had for her to be there in that last episode you know um because I was like oh did she like find out about intelligentsia as well and she's like gonna you know she has beef with them too you know is she gonna team up with Jen here and you know then obviously everything else goes off the rails and we'll talk about that later but yeah I'm hoping if I'm assuming we're getting a season two I guess they haven't really officially confirmed that yet but I do think hopefully that we will see more of Titania in season two. Um, just because like you said, it, it felt like that was going to be more of a yeah, thing yeah. and that they were going to, especially um, I had this written down to talk about for a second season, but especially because at the start, Jen seems like, so like, this is so ridiculous, all this influencer stuff, da, 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 da. But then like towards the end, she's sort of like tired starting to get into like her Luke Jacob clothes and everything. And so I thought it would have been interesting for them to explore that a little bit more. Like you said, hopefully season two. Um, my only other thing is I wish they had not ta- teased Daredevil so early on. Like, because he does not show up until the last two episodes, I would have much preferred if they had left him out of that first trailer. 
because it just no, I loved it. Well, yeah, it, it was I it was it. fun to know that he was coming, but like just because it served it, its purpose. It, it, <laughs> it, 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 just if the internet wasn't the way it was, it probably would have been fine. But it was it just created so many issues. Yeah, <laughs> so that's fanboy's problem. This is true. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, but. And what's funny to me, too, is I feel like I vaguely remember that it had been, I don't know if leaked is the right word, but, like, there had been rumors very early on that Matt was going to be in this show. And Mm -hmm. I think it was because somebody saw his costume on a rack. So the way that they kind of had that in in the episode was kind of fun, too. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And, and for as well as they really predicted a whole lot of the other reactions to this show, I would have loved for Jen to have a joke when Matt shows up. Like, she kind of does a little bit. She's like, who's this asshole, you know? I would have loved for there to be, like, a, a joke about, like, this is the guy you've been waiting for. Seriously? Why? And then, like, later in the episode, be like, I get it now. I get it now, you know? <laughs> like, that was my only thing. I'm like, it was nice to see him in the trailer, but, man, I wish that... I, I don't know. It was nice to know he was coming and get confirmation of that, but it was just, it made, until I, you know, kind of told TikTok through my likes and my, you know, don't show me videos like this again and blocking a lot of people on Twitter and Tumblr and everything. It was just irritating for people to just be like, oh, he's supposed to be in six episodes, so he's going to show up next to, you know, it was just like, I was looking forward to him too. But then a part of me, I I had seen somebody do a theory about like, what if he's only in the trailer and that's going to be the joke at the end of the season. And as much as I really wanted to see him too, I was like kind of a little bit thinking, oh, that would be hilarious. And I would love to see that actually, just because people were getting so irritating about it. But yeah, apart from that, my only other thing was why did they stop with the end credit scenes after episode four? I know they did one in the last episode, but I was like, I was like so excited because I remember like watching the, 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 um, the screeners and, and I was like, Oh my gosh, I love that there's one for every episode. And then episode five came and went and I was they like, conditioned us. where'd it go? Oh, took it away. <laughs> they took yeah. it away. Like I, I seen somebody like- say that, that maybe the scene with Jen going to, Luke's to try on her clothes was maybe meant to be because there were a couple scenes that I could pick out where I'm like maybe this was meant to be an end credit scene but they didn't want people to miss it because it was so important versus something as silly as Captain America you know at the end of the first episode but I was just like where'd they go that was so those little end credit scenes are so important like because they were like the scene where she's like lifting the car for her dad or like things like that they're so tiny but to me I thought they were really important in just showing how like human and relatable she is you know Uh and like these little moments that she has like the the Captain America you know what I mean like I thought that those were really great and I wish we would have gotten more of them for sure Yeah, I was just like, like, I was so excited because I was telling people, I'm like, oh, there's, you know, I love that they're, I, I had told like one of my friends, I'm like, oh, the, the end credit scene for episode three is my favorite. The one where she's dancing with Megan Thee Stallion. I was like, that was my favorite. It was so funny. And, and then it was just like, where'd they go? <laughs> Bring them back. Oh, well. Um, but on the other side of that, what did you, what was like your favorite part, your favorite character, your favorite episode, just any of the 
specific stuff that you loved about this season because there was a lot that I loved personally. So, okay, we've talked about how amazing these writers are and how they know that their target audience is us, essentially. Um, They did a really good job of making me angry on behalf of Jen. Like, I was mad for her. Like, when she was... (laughs) When the... the tape happened during mm-hmm. her during her speech um and she like hulks out and she rips down the screen and she um she gets angry and then everyone's like terrified and starts running out and she's she's just like you can see her calm herself down when she's outside and then she looks at the audience and i'm like no she's fine and then we sit the next time we see her she's in prison and i'm like for what for what breaking a screen and like a table you're fine no one got hurt hulk has broken entire cities and with no consequences what is this like i was i was irate and so i'm like um so i i i know i know women wrote this and they're doing their jobs brilliantly for writing something that made me so incredibly angry like <laughs> Especially because that was like the end of the episode that everybody was looking forward to with Matt. And I was just like, oh, yeah. no. <sighs> yeah. It, that, it just, it pissed me off. But then I was like, mm, that's really good writing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the very first, so the, the interaction with Jen and Matt, like, yes, Matt's whole first episode. But this specific scene where he's, he's like, no, I can hear heartbeats. And she's like, that's a little far-fetched. And then it just zeroes in. And Matt's just looking at her. And she's just looking at him. And you can hear her heartbeat. And I was like, that, this, is a, this is on Disney+. Plus. This scene has no business being this hot. What's, what's going on right now? Like, should I leave? Are we good? Like, I was like, you two want to be alone? It was... It was good. It was a good, good moment. Yeah. I think one of my favorite things was that something that we don't get to see on television is a woman dating a lot of men without necessarily being like a slut or something like that. Right. Like I thought that was really great. And seeing her go through like the dating cycle and things like that, like it's always okay for guys to date like all these women and all these kind of things and sleep whoever they want sleep with whoever they want but like you know women are not afforded that you know Mm -hmm. and so I think it was really great to kind of see that as like normal and not anything weird and just a girl out there looking for love and you know not having luck and trying again and trying again so I think that says a lot about like you know Jen the fact that she's gone through so much but still continues to open herself up to love and you know it's kind of inspiring it's kind of hopeful and I and I love that for her so I did like that they put that in I liked all and really like this thing was targeted for women it was targeted for people that identify with like these situations in life when it comes to dating and Mm -hmm. just trying to find somebody, your friends hyping you up, like you have to go out, you have to go do this, you know, like that's such a relatable, normal, everyday thing. And I, I love that. Um, I think that I also really loved, um, Pug and Nikki and like Madison, (laughs) the Y, like, all of these characters, I like how you did that, Elizabeth, as soon as I said it. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
<laughs> that sounds all over TikTok too. People using the uh, first it was fun and then it was scary and then it was you know whatever that that whole line is. It's like all over TikTok right now. People using it to describe their other favorite TV show. <laughs> yeah, I, I just fun. really loved all of these side characters. Like you know yeah. they were they were so great. And one of the things that I really loved about WandaVision was the side characters, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Darcy, uh, Jimmy Woo, and Monica Rambeau, like their little trio for me was yeah. like so fun. It was probably the best part of the show for me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I kept saying, oh, I'd love to have like this spinoff series of just them like doing like episode of the week, investigating these things happening, right? Like yeah. for me, I would have loved like a spinoff series of that. And so like, she-Hulk feels like that to me. It's like, it's the spinoff series of all these other things. And it's just like this self-contained quirky show. And I loved that. And I love these like characters. Like they, they were so good. I loved everything about Nikki. I loved everything about Pug. Like, I just, I think more than anything was that they gave Jen a really strong family base. Mm-hmm. Two and then a support system with her friends and her coworkers and things like that, right? Like right. that was really important for me. Miss Marvel did such an excellent job with that and giving her a support system, a community. Mm-hmm. Like that was really important to me. So seeing it that kind of also happen in She Hulk was a big deal for me because I feel like so many of these like stories are, you know, Isolated. I'm on my own and I have to do yeah. this alone and like pushing other people away. And so many of these hero stories are like that. You just push everybody away. You don't want to get about Peter Parker again. (laughs) Well, and actually, I was thinking about Bucky with you know the Winter Soldier, and like you know everybody's pushing somebody away, and you have to almost force them to work as a group or as a community, right? Right. And even the Avengers were a reluctant team. They weren't, like, all gung-ho. Each one of them just kind of, like, I could handle this on my own at first, you know? Yeah. Um, But with these shows, like, Miss Marvel and She-Hulk and the fact that they, like, really lean into community, lean into friendships, lean into family, like, seeing Jen have this, like, great family. Like, I loved her family. Totally loved it. So I think that was more than anything my favorite part was the fact that she was allowed to have, like, a life with friends and people and she didn't have to isolate herself Right. Yeah, um, I want to go back sure. to what you were saying about her on the dating scene real quick, because I just think it's really important. Too often, women characters, especially in comic books, are over-sexualized. And there is a difference between a sexualized character and a sex-positive character. And She-Hulk was not only the first, but still to this day, one of the only sex-positive characters in the big two as far as um, comics go. She's, she, she doesn't get over-sexualized because she is simply a woman existing on the dating scene. Whereas pretty much every other female character in Marvel um, does get over-sexualized. And they, they try to, the writers who create these, these women try to say that they're like, they're creating femme fatales and femme fatales use their sexuality to do whatever they need to do. I'm like, well, that's not how that term works, but all right. Um, like they, they, they try to hide behind it, but it's, it's never correct. Um, 
but in a sea of over-sexualized women, it's really nice to have her be a sex-positive character. Like, she smashed four times in nine episodes, guys. That's impressive. Like, that, that, Good and for I, you, Jen. Good for you. And I love it because, not to generalize, but if men had wrote it, we would have had to see it very graphically every time. But women wrote it, so we just knew it happened. And we saw the after part. We didn't have to actually see her have sex. And I think that's that's important to note as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. As much as I was kind of being like annoyed about um, how people were reacting to Daryl, Daredevil being in it or not being in it, I loved that episode so much. They're so good together. It was so cute. Like, I'm like, I didn't expect to come out of the show shipping Jen Walters and Matt Murdock. Like, they're so stinking cute. Like, Matt Murdock and Matt Flannel at the end of the season finale? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, like, as annoying as Daredevil fans were about when he was going to show up in She-Hulk, I am going to be that annoying about Jen showing up in Daredevil in the new show because I'm like, she's gotta be in it. Please. Charlie Cox has already said, I would love that. She should absolutely come be on the show. I'm like, yes, please. she should. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, please, for crying out loud. I'm like, or like, because we know they're both going to be in the new Disneyland ride. Pair them together in the Disneyland ride, please, at minimum. Holy cow. Like, that was so cute. I was like, oh, especially her dad being like, hey, when are you going to have kids? And he's like, oh, God. We've slept together once, but okay. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, they're so cute. Um, it was just such a fun episode, and I loved seeing. I don't know how I feel about his new outfit and the color scheme, but I just it was. It's more. It was just delightful. Accurate. Yeah, and just <laughs> like I haven't seen all of the Netflix Daredevil stuff because I am squeamish. <laughs> um, but I, I would love to know like the ratio of how much he smiled in this show versus the ratio of how much he smiled in the, in the Netflix show. Cause I feel like he doesn't smile a whole lot in his own show. And I was like, like, I think I tweeted that morning even cause I, cause that episode came out like the morning that New York comic-con started. I think I tweeted something like good morning to Matt Murdock and his beautiful smile because I was just like, you're wonderful. I love seeing you happy, you know. Yeah, so and then, like, the whole, uh, um, I wonder if it's, like, a tone thing, right, with the costume. So uh-huh. Daredevil on the Netflix series was a completely different tone than yeah. Daredevil and She-Hulk, right? So maybe he, his costume yeah. in She-Hulk, re- you know, reflects a, like, yeah. campier I mean, side of he, uh, he, well, he, Just to be clear, the Netflix show had pieces accurate, but in the... 30 seconds we saw him in She-Hulk, he was more accurate than he was in the entirety of his own show. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, we did, there is still some debate about if the Netflix shows are canon or not. And I'm like, they played his freaking theme song when he was talking about being Daredevil. I think they're the same universe. Pretty sure. You know, I, there will be debates about that. I'm like, something that I said, I forget if I said it on TikTok or Twitter or whatever. I'm like, Matt could literally look into the camera, say, hey, remember when I found out who my mom was in season three? Wasn't that wild? And there would still be people debating if it's canon or not. But I mean, we left him in a really good place at the end of 
season three. Kevin like, Feige would, would have to sit one down <laughs> and be like, yes, all of the Netflix shows still exist. So, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it's because like people were freaking out because I guess at D23, he talked about how it's a reboot and a season one, not a season four, but it's like one, they haven't written very much of it. He said that in the interview, people just love to take stuff out of context. And two reboot does not mean that they are getting rid of what happened before example, Dr. Who no. in 2005. I mean, you, know. you just said it's a, it's a different story was yeah, his exactly. exact words weren't, yeah. we're getting rid of everything and starting over. It I, was, yeah, it's but, a different story. But you know, those clickbait, those clickbait websites love to take stuff out of context. So that people freak yeah. out and click and they get their ad revenue and people on TikTok love to make inflammatory videos so they get views and get paid to, you know, that's a whole Which other thing. <laughs> Is struggling broke because we're trying to have because we don't do clickbait and not do like yeah like even I'd rather be broke than like with integrity the other way around even even when I made a video on TikTok about how that was clickbait I started it with me looking into the camera panicked like Charlie Cox said what and then I was like now that I have your attention you know because that's what was happening is everybody was like oh my god I can't believe that Charlie Cox said that you know and it's like let's get the full context, especially because when they're saying like, oh, in a interview that some other outlet did and we only took bits and pieces from, but it's like, go check out the original source, watch the whole thing. Yeah. Breathe. <laughs> Relax. Relax. But I'm like, yeah, if, if they're using his, you know, the really awesome theme that they used for the Netflix show when he is talking about being Daredevil, I'm pretty sure that's a pretty clear sign. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think so I love that, seeing like, him. Oh, sorry. Didn't mean to cut you. No, that's I, I was going to talk about Pug because I loved him so much, <laughs> especially in the last episode. Um, one thing that I found very interesting is one of the quote unquote criticisms that I saw every so often of the show when algorithms, tags, whatever would bring me like nasty stuff about the show is that there were some people mostly guys, probably exclusively guys complaining that from their point of view, the perspective, from their perspective, the show was saying that all men are evil and awful and whatever. And I'm like, did you watch the show? Because yes, while intelligentsia are the big bad, uh, the toxic fanboys, because Weirdly, that guy was like a fan of Jen. If if that's their take, <laughs> then the show is at them. It was talking yes. oh, about them exactly. specifically. I'm like, there are so many great guys in the show. Matt is great in the show, and Pug, especially Pug. I adored Pug. Pug trying so to much. infiltrate intelligentsia was the funniest thing. He's like, so he's great. like, he's like, nope, I can't be mean. This is stupid. I can't. I'm like, it's like the the man couldn't even. I'm like, Pug, you just have to pretend to be an asshole, and he couldn't. He was very bad at it. He could barely find it, and and it said a lot too about these guys that you know it, Pug was so bad at being a misogynistic jerk, but they still yeah. were like, yeah, bro, you're one of us, you know. And it's like, oh my god, they just and need like, to hear the great. buzzwords. They don't. Yeah. Yeah. And there the, like, so the many great men in this show that I'm like, if your takeaway is that this show is about how men are evil, you are not watching this show and you feel attacked by for a reason the you are being shown a mirror in some of these characters. And you are saying that, that it, it's just, 
yeah, it bugged me, but also like I love that they have such great guy characters in the show too to balance that out and be like, no, that is not it. This is never what the show has been saying. It's been saying it's these people who cannot fathom a woman having fun, having a great time in her life, being she wasn't always super confident, but she, you know, owned who she was. Even it took her a little bit to get to that point. And it's just, it, I loved it. And Pug, Pug especially was one of my favorite characters. Him and Nikki especially going to see the drip broker and getting, the, I was so upset that they didn't have Avengers or Avengers stuff at New York Comic Con. I'm like, you knew that was out there. Why did you not make those shirts for real? Because I would have bought several. <laughs> but just, it, yeah, especially Pug and Nikki were two of my favorite things in this show, two of my favorite characters. They were a delight to watch every single time they were on screen and their friendship too, between, you know, getting Jen into, into Luke's, you know, client list and then infiltrating the intelligentsia, um, meeting just, they were great, you know, and I love Jen too. Of course we could talk about that all day, but just those two as as side characters were phenomenal. (laughs) Well, even um, just having Wong and Emil, like, they were also portrayed in pretty good yeah. lights. And Emil, obviously, like, was selling his appearances as Abomination when he shouldn't yeah. have because he's not supposed to turn to, into Abomination. And so even with that, like, I still liked Emil a lot. I still think that, yeah. you know, he was just trying to get some extra cash on the side. Like, I yeah, he, 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 he didn't know what they were actually about. Okay. And I know it makes it hard to draw the line. It's like, oh, well, when is it okay appearances? Or is are you going to be a mercenary one day, right? Like, so I get that he needed to go to jail, all that kind of stuff. But I still don't have a problem with him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, well, he that's one of the... That's one of the biggest criticisms I saw of the show after it ended was, was she's a bad lawyer because she sent her client back to jail. It was like, he broke his parole. She literally had zero other option. Exactly. There was There is not a lawyer on the planet who could get their client to stay out of jail after breaking their parole. That's not and how like, that works. Yeah. Like, and they're like, well, Jen broke hers too. I was like, Jen shouldn't have been imprisoned in the first place. Like, there was, there was no reason for her to have an inhibitor on. So it's not no, the same just, thing. The, the inhibitor is a terrifying new concept. Like, I don't think anybody's really appreciated that that is a thing in the MCU now. That is t- Terrifying. I mean, yes, I but wonder still- if this will come into play <sighs> with like introducing X Men. Yeah, yeah, I would say because as of right now, we don't we know it was specifically engineered for Hulk like beings, so we don't know if it works on anybody else with superpowers. And two, the Hulk in question would have to let you put it on them. Yeah. So, so right now it's a. They are complying with you on purpose device, not something you can just snap on them because they that that wouldn't be a thing that happens. So yeah. But perhaps we could see that in it being a thing um later in the MCU when they do decide to bring in the X-Men. Because we know one of the X-Men's biggest storylines are, you know, them versus them being accepted by humanity, and then Eric makes it a them versus humanity. But um I, I think that's going to be an interest. It'll be a lot like uh, the last, the last stand a little bit um, when they were talking about a cure. Yeah, um, like so. It, interesting for, take. Yeah, for for as much as this show 
obviously is not a very high stakes show. It's about Jen's stakes, as she says in the finale. It's about her stakes. Like it introduces some concepts that it's like between the inhibitor and the Sokovia Accords being repealed. Like there's some major plot stuff happening. I know. Yeah. I'm like, I w- I'm like, wait, how can we go back to that and explain how that happened? Like, mm, at what point did they repeal these? Like, was well, this... they were a bad idea from the start. I'm like, so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, at what point did Tony realize? Like, did Tony realize before he passed? Did he be like, did he like see Peter going around and he's like, oh, this is baby? Hmm, yeah, hmm, yeah, and, oh, yeah. For for some for the for the low stakes show that it is, it, it introduced some very interesting concepts that you know hopefully we'll see later on because there was speaking of uh, hulk walks into the family dinner uh with scar who he says is his son yeah um now he is his son just to be clear um but i'm very very interested in how this is going to translate to the mcu because (laughs) obviously in the comics it happened very different the only time he really had time to go off and have a son was, I guess, that time he was in Asgard for, like, hella long. So, yeah. but he was also stuck in Hulk form, so I have many questions on how he <laughs> how he made well, a son. Uh, what is that planet that he ended up on with? Uh, Sakaar. Yeah, Sakaar. with the Grandmaster, yeah. Right, which, yeah, he was there which would be where it too. happened. Yeah. Um, and so interested in how they explain that. Um, but also when he does come to come to earth, he's banished to earth and uh, he wants to kill Bruce when he hmm. first gets here. So I'm wondering at one point in his story, we're jumping into um, because he, he kind of gave me a teenager vibe. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I, I I don't know how comic book accurate his entrance is going to be, like his whole existence really, because I just don't see a way for them to adapt it to the way the MCU is right now, which is fine. I just like having him. I don't need everything to be comic book accurate. Again, we said this last time, as long as the characterization is accurate, I don't need story points. But... The thing with Phase 4 is they have been remarkably comic book accurate for the most part. If if they have, with the exception of Multiverse of Madness, everything else has had an air of comic book accuracy, not just in characterization, but in story points. And they've been trending more and more comic book accurate with every project. So I'm wondering if we're just abandoning that completely just to bring Scar in, which is fine. But I, I have questions. <laughs> Well, like, for example, in um, uh, Endgame, when, uh, or is it Infinity War, when Hulk comes crashing into Doctor Strange's sanctum, it, you know, in the comics, it's yeah. Silver Surfer. So I wonder if yeah. it ties in similarly to that, you know? Or yeah. I wonder if, like, you know, uh, with the Krulls, it kind of looked like he was on a Krull ship. I don't know. Where was Oh, Bruce? yeah, that's true. That's true. It looked like he was with the scrolls. Um, I yeah, don't, so I mean, it could which we still in. have to. They still have to explain that because we know that Nick Fury was also up there with the scrolls. So we don't right. know. I mean, I've been waiting for Secret Invasion for forever now. Um, so I'm just that, wondering if they found his son and they were like, "Hey, you need to come get him." 
you know yeah, what I mean? That's a possibility. That way. Yeah, um, and that's why sure. he left and went off to, to space or whatever. Um, but also if he was just like a She-Hulk season two character mm-hmm. where he's not necessarily tied into the full MCU, but he's working with Jen and they're all doing their Hulk thing and and She-Hulk is just about Hulk family stuff. I would be okay with that. Yeah. 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 I think that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, well, we're on the topic, you know, what did you think overall of the season finale? There's a lot we can talk about, I am sure. But Alexandra specifically, I don't know. I wanted to ask if any, because in the room with Kevin, there were a lot of comic book covers in there. I was just wondering if any of those specifically caught your attention in terms of stuff that we've already seen or might see in the future, just because I have um, zero comic book knowledge. So. I watched it a few times, and they go by relatively quickly, but like mm-hmm. I caught a couple that were... I, I mean, I just think it's – I just like the idea that there is someone in a room in Marvel headquarters surrounded by comic books taking notes and being like, this is good. We should do this or this is terrible. We're never doing this. Like this is – I don't know how accurate that is because if there's a job called comic book consultant, I would like to apply right now. Um, <laughs> but I, I like the idea that someone is keeping track of – which comics sell the best and what the audience reaction to these are and what storylines are super integral to these characters going forward. Cause you know, characters get passed off writers all the time, but if one writer writes something that really, really works for a character, that thing gets carried through the rest of their runs. Like she Hulk breaking the fourth wall characters change writer hands all the time. But if, if someone does something that is uh, like really works for the character, they keep that thing. Um, but as far as the comic books that showed up in the show, first of all, they're all very far away. So I had to like keep pausing to see what covers I could make out. Like the case right next to Jen, uh, seems to have Hulk comics in it. But then I, I paused because I saw, I saw a color palette I liked. I, I paused right behind her when she turns back into Judd Walters and the, Second one down in form right behind her is No Road Home. Now, No Road Home is a very big Wanda comic book storyline that also has the Young Avengers. So I am hoping and praying that I'm like, is this a Wanda solo movie? Is this is this is this the story we're gonna go with? Because that's fine. I I will take any Wanda solo movie you're gonna give me. Uh, the the last one down is um. It looks like a Daredevil comic. So at least you know that they're reading for the characters that that are included at the very least in this show. There have been some Marvel projects where I'm like, you wikipedia this character and then went on with your life. Um, but, <laughs> which is upsetting, but fine. Um, what I liked about uh, the Kevin being a bot and not like obviously actual Kevin Feige um, is... It kind of it kind of works in the sense of Kevin Feige is brilliant and he has carried Marvel so well into all four of its phases and for one human to do that is a lot. So to imply that he's like a robot is hilarious but also the fact I don't know if you noticed that they like they gave him a little hat. <laughs> yeah. They kept his little hat. I'm like I love this show so much. It was yeah. so good. 
Yeah, another thing that I noticed with Kevin, too, is his eyes are the color of the time, space, and reality stones. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that was on purpose, because some people were like, oh, it's probably just, like, the RGB thing for, you know, TV, but I'm like, it's pretty specific, though. Marvel's specific about everything. I refuse to believe that it was just, like, like, coincidence. I'm like, does Kevin Feige have some infinity stones? (laughs) And then uh, you mentioned the Young Avengers in that one comic book series, Alexandria. Mm-hmm. Do you remember off the top of your head who was part of the Young Avengers uh, in that uh, series? Specifically, uh, Wiccan and um, what's his face, her other son. Um, oh, in that one, because that that roster has also gone through a few uh, a few changes. Um, but I, but because it's centered around Wanda, I know both of her kids were in it. Um, I have it. I have the whole thing sitting in my, in my room right now. Um, I know, uh, Hawkeye was all, Hawkeye and Vision were also a huge part of it as well. Um, 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 I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. I, I, it was a big, it was a big storyline. Um, like the scrolls were in it, the Cree were in it. There was like Olympus gods in it. Like it was, it was a huge storyline. So I don't know if they'll ever a- attack it like wholeheartedly in the MCU. But I think if if they do, I mean like, that kind of sounds about of it. That kind of sounds what's about. That kind of sounds like what's already happening. I mean, in yeah. Thor, we found some like in Thor: Love yeah. and Thunder, we get the the gods right. We got Zeus and the new one that's coming out. That yeah, because the gods, the gods of Olympus were were really integral to the story, and it was an interesting team because, like the main, the main team was Hulk, Vision, which we could get through White Vision, I guess, Spectrum, Monica Rambo, Scarlet Witch, Hawkeye, and Hercules, and Rocket Raccoon. All people we still have in the MCU. So which I'm like, all sounds very familiar as to like where that could possibly be heading. You could do this. <laughs> so I I am because it's my goal in life to own every comic book Wanda ever appeared in. It's going to be a very expensive uh, trek here, but um, like, um, yeah, that's that's one of my oh Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop appears and and that that's that's the other major one that's in there. So um, yeah. So there's they have brought in everyone they need to for that storyline. So even if I just get bits and pieces of it, I want it. <laughs> well, thank you for answering my questions. Yes. It's nice <laughs> to have an expert on the team. Because I, I was so curious because I'm like, I, I, I don't know any of these comics. I'm like, I did. Can you guys hear me? Because my waveform is not showing up. I barely can it's hear you. Really low. That's fun. Okay. Look, <laughs> sir. Oh, I just... Um, I don't know if you can adjust the volume on your side for your mic or not. Uh, I'm not sure if I know how to do that. Hold on one. I mean, I can edit your, the nice thing about Zencaster, it gives you the audio files individually. So I can like bump mm-hmm. up your audio file if I need to and oh, keep cool. Alexandria's and mine really the weird. same. It's yeah. Oh, that mutes me. <laughs> I'm not sure how to know how to turn up my microphone. So that's uh, usually it's like at the, do you have a windows computer? Yeah. Usually at the bottom where you see the little like um, volume button, if you open the settings where it says like all settings next to it, 
once you click on the volume button, it should give you the option to like check the volume on your um, audio devices. Okay. Oh yeah, that is really, really low. Manage sound devices. It's just. Is that any better? Yeah, a little bit. Okay, here, I'll turn it up even more. How about that? Oh, yeah, yeah perfect. Friend. There we okay. go. <laughs> now I know how to do that. That's exciting. <laughs> okay, sorry. First, I completely forgot what I was going to say. Comic yeah, books. Comic books, yeah. Um, yeah, because like, I, I really wanted to ask that, too, because I have no I, I I've, I've read... I started reading a couple of Spider-Man comics just because he's my new favorite guy. Um, like I read the uh, Renew Your Vows, which was fun. And I'm like, if they ever get anywhere near this in the MCU, I will sob and cry and be so happy. Um, <laughs> especially because I, when I, I didn't realize when I picked it up, I was just like, oh, this is just cute. And then it's like, oh, this is part of uh, Secret Invasion. And I'm like, Say that again. Secret Invasion is amazing. As soon as as soon as Captain Marvel came out, I'm like, we have the Kree, we have the Skrulls. Yeah. Give yeah. me Secret Invasion. <laughs> and they keep um, setting it up. Like they keep going back to we are still in contact with the Skrulls. I'm like, I swear to God, if you do all this and you don't give me Secret Invasion, <laughs> I know. Okay, I'm, I'm really excited for that show too, especially because Olivia Coleman's in it, and I love her so much. Yeah, it's fair. Cannot wait. Um. I think I I mostly recognize it because you've used it in a in a cup in the um, banner for the story that you did about um, one of the She Hulk things that you wrote you used one of the covers where it's um, Jen and then She Hulk behind her. I yeah. think I spotted that somewhere. Yeah, in there. Uh, and I was like, oh. I recognize I just, that one, but the rest of them, I'm like, I got no clue. <laughs> yeah, I, like I mean, even I. I actively read comic books but I also research comic books like a lot I was like because you have to I mean when you read as many comic books as I read I can't remember everything like I can't I can't memorize all of these comic books there's especially because I love back issues I want to go back to the beginning of comics and read all the way through what's happening today and so some things I'm like well I don't really like this character, but this is an important storyline, so we're just going to research everything that I can about it, because um, that saves me time in actually reading it. Um, but like, there's, I know I have read every single She-Hulk comic, um, pretty much, and there, the the show was so unbelievably accurate to not just like her characterization and everything, but the finale, like she is fully called out. Um, in the comic books, whoever her writer is at the time, she's like ripping through the page <laughs> like she did through the screen, like she popped through her title card. Like that is straight out of the comic books. And so I, I, I saw this one comment from this one dude who was like, well, I don't like how much she breaks the fourth wall. And I was like, so, but like, that's like her character's thing though. And he's like, well, I just don't like fourth wall breaks. I go, then why would you watch a show where that's like, her entire shtick my guy like that <laughs> sounds like a you problem because that's literally what she does that's what she's known for and now that um 
um, what's his face? Uh, 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 Deadpool is now officially part of Marvel. Um, I want them to just, I don't want them in a scene together. I want them to reference each other. I like, I want her to reference him stealing her thing. I want him to make jokes about her breaking the fourth wall. I want them to break the fourth wall at each other, but I don't want to see them together (laughs) because that's funnier to me. (laughs) And, you know, you mentioned that uh, somebody commented about like, oh, I don't like it, then why are you watching the show kind of thing? And I think that some fans still feel like they have to watch all these shows to understand what's going on. Um, I understand that. So (laughs) I can understand where somebody might have to watch a show just to make sure they don't miss anything. But I think we might be moving away from that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Because, like, for example, Miss Marvel was pretty standalone when it You know, you didn't need to see everything else, even the Captain Marvel stuff to kind of understand what it was. You know, her obsession with Captain Marvel was the posters on her wall. We knew she was a superhero. So you didn't really need to know, like, Captain Marvel's whole story to understand that she was a fangirl of Captain Marvel. So we might be moving away from that. I don't know if that's an accurate assumption or not. But, you know, all like... It, like Hawkeye, for example, that's another one that was kind of standalone. You know, you the introduction, the Avengers musical and all that kind of stuff kind of like sets a little bit of a story for us. I don't right. think we necessarily had to like watch everything to understand what was happening in Hawkeye. Though I, right. I, I will admit I was really bad fan and had not seen Black Widow before I watched Hawkeye. So I was a little confused about Yelena, but, Aww. you know, it, it, that was Google. It was pretty self-explanatory about what was going on. Right, 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 right. And I think anything that these shows have revealed thus far is very easily catch-upable without watching the entire series. Like Exactly. Because, like, with Miss Marvel, you know, I was so angry about the Department of Damage Control having the Stark drones. (laughs) But that's not something you necessarily needed to know the whole backstory of. It was just kind of like a bonus, like, I am angry about this because, uh, you know, whatever because Mysterio was a little bit right about the drones being in somebody bad hands but that's a whole other <laughs> yeah and then also uh, Nate always brings up this point to me which is that it could just be a reset point for new fans to jump into like shows the way like yeah. the 11th hour was in Doctor Who and things like that well I think they've realized that they've cranked out so much content now it is unreasonable to expect people to watch 30 movies and like 12 TV shows to know what's going on in the universe. So I, and I also think Endgame was a really good closing point. Like you can always go back and watch the old stuff, but phases one through three were massive. So if you just, if you just ignore all that and jump in, even if you jump in from um, Spider-Man, like they, because he was technically the last film of phase three, um, you understand that something big happened. We lost a lot of people and now you can move on. Um, and I, I, I think if you just jump in from there, then, then you're good. But these last couple of shows, cause I thought Miss Marvel was a really good place to jump in as well. Um, they're creating new entrance points for people so that they don't feel so overwhelmed. And I think that's yeah. really important. And I think they're getting a bit better, too, about, like, explaining within the different projects the relevant information. Like, you don't have to know everything. It's There's stuff that's nice to know, like, with, like I said, with 
Miss Marvel and the Department of Damage Control having the Stark drones, and that's a whole, <laughs> a whole right. thing. It's like you didn't need to know that they had those because of what happened in the Spider-Man movies, right? And it's you it's, just it's funny. It's, it's because, nice like, to know, but you don't have to in order to enjoy the story. Nothing. And I think we've mentioned this a lot because we keep comparing it to like Doctor Who, for example. But I don't think mm-hmm. there's another franchise that has been around as long maybe star trek um but that's been around as long as like that would have like as many seasons as like a marvel cinematic universe right right that, you know has as much history doctor i could dedicate you know, my life to catching up on doctor who and i would never yeah. be able to do it right. like, like, no, especially when like because doctor who's got all those audios it's like in the comics and the books and, and the everything and, yeah. you know so yeah well right. I, I think that's and then funny doctor because who like i had no idea i'd never even heard of doctor who before i watched like matt smith's run but i still understood everything <sighs> without that. needing to yeah. like I hadn't seen 9, 10, 11. Well, I hadn't seen 9 or 10 when I jumped into at 11. And well, I never they, even heard of Doctor Who before I jumped in. Yeah. And I, I still enjoyed it. I still got it. I still figured it out. I still understood. I had no history on it, no context. So, right. I mean, well, I think Doctor Marvel Hill will be doing the same. What Doctor yeah. Who is really good at is, like, re-explaining his trauma and his backstory every Doctor and every doctor handles it differently. So it's it's nice to not have to be like, what's he talking about? What do you mean? Like, like yeah. you, you, you know, because it is such an integral part of the character that they just bring it up all the time so you know what's going on. Um, and Elizabeth, you said something like, you don't need to know everything to enjoy the story. It's nice to know the details, but, and I feel like before Endgame, you couldn't do that. Like, yeah, lots of people saw Endgame without having seen everything else. I promise you they didn't understand as much as they thought they did. Like They're like, I didn't see any of the Marvel Universe, and I liked Endgame. I'm like, I'm glad you liked it. You didn't actually understand it, though. Like, like <laughs> I, I promise you, you didn't get it. Like if you, But you, you really did. In order to understand the emotional impact and weight of that movie, you did have to see every other Marvel project because it did a callback to every other Marvel project. Yeah, e- even with... Um I had only seen the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies when I saw No Way Home the first time. Mm-hmm. And I did go back and I bought on DVD Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield's and watched those. Um, I knew, like, you know, just as I knew the impact of him catching MJ in that movie because the gifts had been all over <laughs> Tumblr for ages. And so I was aware of that. But it, you could enjoy that movie. Right in the theater. Without... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, you could, as someone who hadn't seen those other movies, like I appreciated what was going on, but after then going and watching those other ones, there was more details that you understood, but they weren't integral to enjoying the movie as an overall right thing, right. which I think is what they are starting to do better with the Marvel stuff. Yeah. Um, for sure. I think something yeah. that I would like to know is that sometimes fans get secondhand information, right? Like I feel like the majority of fans get the get their comic book knowledge from an article Google. they wrote maybe <laughs> or if they even read it, right? Or but a yeah. lot of times fans get their information from other creators on platforms like 
TikTok or Twitter or things like that. And sometimes fans get like offhand information from someone who read a comic and said A, B, C, or D or clickbait articles. Because in my experience, most people don't read articles. They read headlines and then make assumptions based on yeah. the headline. Oh, yeah. I feel oh, like that's sure. the main thing. And then the headline will be like, oh, Marvel changed this, blah, blah, blah. And then people don't go in to read the context. They just hold on they to that like, headline it. that they yeah. saw and make their own assumptions. And so once you've made your own assumption about something, like then all of a sudden you feel like it's an over. authority to like comment on it. And I think that, you know, I don't see behavior changing anytime soon. I think that that's just the way things are. But I think it is important to note that maybe we should take, you know, what some comic commentators say with a grain of salt. And just like, okay, I see what you're saying, but not take it too personally. Because I think a lot of discourse happens around just like random talk, like just offhand well, talk. Yeah. And I've, I, I, in fact, I had an interaction like that when I first started being on TikTok, I, someone with their whole chest said something like Wanda is not a telepath. And I'm like, excuse me. Yes, she is. And then they like doubled down in, she's never displayed any telepathic abilities. And me who spent two hours making infographics, citing every power she had and what comic book it was used in, um, went, yes, she is. And right here, right here, right here. And I just started citing every instance in comic books that had happened, title and issue number. And, and she backed off. She goes, oh, I didn't realize. I'm like, look, you don't have to be an expert on everything in comics. That's fine. I don't like gatekeeping. You jump in at any point. However, if you are going to speak like you're an authority on the subject, you better actually be an authority on the subject because I come with receipts and especially, and I'm pretty good at scrolling along when I see something that irritates me. But when it's about Wanda, I just have no self-control. I'm like, I'm like, I will be correcting this right now because that's my favorite character. And I promise you, no one knows more about that character than I do. Um, she is the most actively researched character in my life. Um, so I, like, you don't have to be an expert on everything, but if you're going to talk like you're an expert, you better actually know what you're talking about because then you're just spreading misinformation and then other people start echoing you and they're loud and wrong as well. And like, isn't that embarrassing? Aren't you embarrassed? <laughs> well, and I think sometimes um, as the viewer as well, right? Like we see somebody speak with a sense of authority and confidence and we think, oh, they know yeah. what they're talking about. Look how confident they are, right? And so we as the viewer or like the consumer of content that we scroll through and things like that, um, there's also kind of a little bit of responsibility on us. Like, well, kind of maybe where did you get this info? Oh, somebody on TikTok said that. Okay, but like... But where did they get their info? <laughs> yeah, where did they get their info? What are their, you know, what's their knowledge base? You know, that kind right. of thing. So a little responsibility falls on the viewer, of the, mm -hmm. the consumer of the content as well, which is why I say we really need to take a lot of the stuff with a grain of salt, you yeah. know? And then there's also, you know, eh, never mind. I can't remember what I was going to say about that, but continue. Yeah, no, I know. I, I, I just got to say too, I 
loved how clever they were in the use of the Disney Plus platform in that finale, too. I thought my TV was broken. I thought it, like, yeah. kicked me out. Yeah. I'm like, hey! <laughs> it, was, it was funny, because I was, like, sitting there, like, I had... Because one of the reasons I don't watch comedies a lot is because I get secondhand embarrassment, and I was, like, sitting there oh, watching yeah, this too. entire thing kick off, and I was just like what happened I'm like this is off the rails and then Jen said this is off the rails and like I was going to go pause it just because I needed a second to process it and then it like went I was like what and then she burst out of the I was like the fact that she went into yeah it's so self-aware and I love it I it was it was was just just really really well done so clever Especially because I, what I realized, I was making gifts of it later too, and like they changed the aspect ratio even too, so it does look like it's yeah. the entire screen, and then it stays the entire screen while she is still in the yeah. quote unquote real world. <sighs> and I'm like, this is so, so clever. Good. I so good. love this, especially her like walking through the the like the Disney Studios lot. I was like. Like I couldn't believe I was like, what I just, was watching. Just, they had the camera guy just had fun walking around. Like yeah. <laughs> I was just like, "That's hold up." And then, um, and then just her like in the Marvel Studios office too, and it was funny because I recognized it. I mean, um, because a few weeks, like a little while ago, they put out a video of Iman taking a tour of the Marvel Studios. I'm like, "This is the real Marvel Studios." It is. That yeah. They're in holy cow (laughs) and it would just I thought it was like because because we had talked about it I knew that she was a fourth wall breaker and I had seen the the comic book covers of her like you know ripping the comic and being like what the heck is going on in this you know Mm -hmm. but I was like this is so clever to do this because it is a self-aware tv show that knows what platform it is on yeah for her to just bust out of there on the marvel home screen and get into marvel studios assembled so that she could go talk to kevin i was like it was great this is the best thing not to mention like you know if you're somebody who's had to uh watch screeners they make you sign i don't know how many like non-disclosure agreements you know and you have to initial over every little thing that says like you're not gonna let anybody else see this you're not gonna like you know, uh, report on this until the embargo that you're not going to this. And like, there's so many checkoffs. So when they were making her sign the NDA, I was like, yeah, that's tricks. Yeah. That's about right. Know, um, that's right. If Aaron, you're going to launch complaints, you must yeah. sign NDAs. <laughs> Aaron, who he, he works at Marvel now. Um, he said that when he was watching that, he Aaron was like, yeah, that that's, that's the NDA that I had, had signed. I was like, that's amazing. Oh, that's so funny. That's so great. I can't wait till the day I get called up and I have, I have to sign a like 50 page NDA. <laughs> well, even at New York comic con, um, like me and, and, and one of my friends went on stage at the Marvel booth. Like it, it was kind of, it, it, it was a whole thing because they, they were having like a, a Spider-Man cosplay showcase or whatever. And, but like, we weren't allowed to go on stage until like the very end because technically they didn't, I'm like, you're owned by the same people. Why can't, but whatever, you know, because we were the Mandalorian versions of the characters. Um, but right. even just going on stage for like two seconds at the end of that, we had to sign like, waivers or like you know something and i'm like yeah this is what marvel does (laughs) you know like even um one of my friends friends uh binghamton spidey spider-man 
like Marvel took pictures of him for their Instagram and he had to sign all sorts of stuff too. And so that they knew that yeah, they were they can't crediting post people. Stuff without permission. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially because we get revenue from things like that. And yeah. so like, even like when, when we were at BlizzCon and Blizzard's official, like, you know, team was out there, you know, taking photographs of cosplayers and stuff, they were signing like waivers for everybody. If they did not, if, if they not if they didn't get a waiver from you, they were not going to show your picture online. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, man, but it, it was. Yeah. I just I loved that entire sequence. Like, it, even if it had just been Kevin Feige and made like a joke about the robot, like the robot was even good. Though I was sitting there, I'm like, this is Portal. <laughs> like, this is a Glados robot. Oh my god, you know. But just the entire thing was so clever and so well done especially because like because like I was in the same position of Jen where I was sitting there I'm like why is everybody here what is going on I especially like I remember like getting irritated when Bruce smashed into the building I was like no this is Jen's show she gets to to save herself what what is Bruce doing here it was it was when dude injected himself with Jen's blood and started to hulk out I'm like that's not how this works we already established that's not how this works (laughs) I was just like, why is this happening? And Jen was like, why is this happening? And I'm like, yeah. And I was like, Glad we're all on the same page. I was like, this is great. And then she would like for her to be then like, you know, she, especially the, why are we doing this in the nighttime? You know, let's have some bright daylight and even more so yeah. her being like, would not mind seeing Daredevil again. I was like, I also would not mind seeing Same. Daredevil again. Same. Her, her, uh, I'm a Hulk. We smash things. And sometimes Matt Murdock. I'm like, yes, good for you. And then how she even asked about the X-Men too, and then looked at the camera and went, you know, just like. Because we're all asking that question, Jen. amazing. I'm, yeah. Oh, I was just like this. I was like, I love when television is self-aware like that. Like I said in the last one too, Galavant is another one of my favorite. Oh, I love Galavant. That they break the fourth wall in interesting ways all the time too. Like they literally sing in the season finale of season one, will all this singing kill our Nielsen ratings? (laughs) And they talk about setting your DVR and, you know, and I'm like, and in the season two opening song, they talk about like, you know, screw all those apprentices and every bachelorette tune into the miracle that no one thought we'd get. I, I love stuff like that. It's fun. It's so much fun. And I feel bad for the people who think that it's cringy because I'm sorry you're missing on how much fun this is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I feel like people don't know how to have fun. And yeah. I think that because as you know, when we're kids and we're watching these things, all the explosions and all the like superficial, like, you know, story arcs and stuff like that, we don't mm-hmm. really understand them. Right. And now as we're getting o- older, we want like more serious things that we can relate to that aren't just like, you know, so we start to take comic books more seriously. We start to take like, you know, TV and movies more seriously. And we like, ask for more of like the to grow for all of that to grow up with us right right and we forget that things used to be fun and just silly and just off the rails and not everything's a puzzle like you said not everything's a puzzle to be solved yeah that's uh i could talk about that finale for ages 
Yeah. One other thing, um, cause somebody, uh, you guys brought it up the whole blood plot thing. When I was rewatching yesterday to like, just, you know, through everything again, I don't think Jen completely erased everything with that. Like she definitely erased that guy getting powers. Cause that was so ridiculous. <laughs> so stupid. Yeah. So stupid. But if you watch that scene towards the end, uh, I forget which episode it is. Um, but you see it at the end, you see like a lab and a message comes up from Hulk King, not to Hulk King, but from to this lab where they are preparing to try to figure out Jen's thing. Like she doesn't know about this other lab that is, that was part of Hulk King, you know, trying to get those powers. I'm like, they still have her blood somewhere. There's still something that could come up. I assumed it was for like, experiments like they were gonna try and duplicate a formula or something or like trying to find a weakness um Mm -hmm. but yeah the idea that injecting hulk blood to make yourself a hulk was really stupid i'm like that wouldn't work under any circumstances you can't fiction your way out of this so sorry like (laughs) because even in the first because i think they even previously on to that in that episode where like they showed You know, in the first episode where they they previously on, you know, uh, Bruce destroying her, the blood samples that he had taken and everything. And it's like, right. But still somewhere out there, somebody has a sample of her blood and it is going to cause problems later, I feel like. Yeah. Um, because I can't remember the guy's name because I have not watched the original Hulk movies. Um, but he is supposed to be in the um, Thunder Thunderbolts. Right, thing. the scientist that comes back. Or not Thunderbolts. Um, isn't he supposed to be in the cap- next Captain America movie? One of those with the. I can't remember what his name is because I haven't watched the I movies. Looking, but I was they were like, it right now. Uh, it was one of the scientists that worked with yeah. the gamma ray radiation stuff. Yeah. And he, so I'm like, I'm assuming that that's going to be tied in somehow. Yeah, he was in one of the Hulk movies and the he's the one that. Like, or something. His name is something like the leader or something to that effect. I think he's I think the he's, scientist that got out of control and was like, yeah, and and he's either supposed to be in Thunderbolts or the new Captain America movie. I can't remember which. Like they did talk about that at either D twenty three or San Diego Comic Con, but yeah, I was like, oh, so that that's still going to be a thing. It's just not right. him getting Hulk powers from injecting himself with Shemp's blood because that was stupid. He didn't get any taller. He just got like wider, and I'm like. And then he had no neck. And I'm like, what is yeah. this? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I, I think that's definitely going to come back up again. Even though, like I said, this show was silly and fun and lighthearted, but there's definitely some stuff that can come up again that is going to cause some problems later down the line for everybody. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just... Yeah, I, I, I loved it so much. Um, so if there is a second season, like they seem to be hinting about, or Jen even shows up on the big screen, what would you guys like to see with that? Um, so I want to see Jen on the big screen because, yes, she has, for most of her individual comic book runs, she was a street-level lawyer comedy, whatever. Um, she also had a really big part in these massive, massive storylines. And, um, 
because we're getting uh, Secret Invasion and Secret Wars, I expect her to be in it. Like, there's, they have no excuse now. I, if she's not in it, I will be very upset because it's not like they're shoehorning her in because now she's in the MCU. She was a part of those storylines in the comics. There's no reason for her not to be in the MCU. Yeah, for me, I don't want to, like, hope for certain things and then get disappointed later kind of thing. But I did really enjoy the side characters on the show. I like the little, like, legal battles. I love the episode with Megan D. Scallion. Uh, Megan D. Why am I tripping on my words? Uh, Megan the Stallion, where, you know, the Asgardian woman was, like, pretending to be her. And, like, I want to see more of these little, like, issues that would come up in the superhero world. The incident with the Luke Jacobs uh, suit, where they were using the wrong fuel, and that's why his... You know, suit blew up. I don't know. I found that fascinating. The immortal man that you mentioned earlier, Elizabeth, that had all these wives and kept faking his death to get out of things, you know? I find that very fascinating. Like, these little tiny things of, like, what would happen if, like, the MCU was real and things like that are really fun for me. And I would like to see those kind of things. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that if we do get a season two, that it will be more of that, you know, case of the week type stuff versus uh, which they did do that for the most part but you know because it was the first season of a show introducing a new character into the mcu like they kind of said in the writer's room scene like there was certain things that they had to do to you know just different beats that you have to hit for various reasons though have to i guess maybe maybe not but i'm hoping that if they do a season two that they can do more of that week by week stuff because that's that, that was when the show seemed like the most fun like it and I, i'm not saying that it wasn't fun that last episode with everything coming together and then kind of <laughs> jen picking that apart and be like no right but the week to week stuff is what made it feel like a tv show and not like i said a movie broken up into nine parts which is what's been happening with a lot of the shows and which is why i was really happy when they said that oh armor wars is now going to be a movie versus a disney plus thing i'm like that makes sense because it does. So I, when they announced it as a Disney Plus thing, I was like, "But, but there's so much to do." <laughs> yeah, I'm like, the Disney Plus series are really great for setting stuff up that we that we can see later in the movies. Like, Miss Marvel could have easily been a movie or two, but you know, we got, it, it basically felt like two movies for Miss Marvel. Um, and some of the, especially like Falcon and the Winter Soldier felt like a movie broken up. And so it was fun to have these things actually feel like TV episodes and not, you know, a huge massive thing that, you know, you would maybe think to see on the big screen more than on the small screen. Um, right. Yeah. yeah I, and I'm then, enjoying the long form storytelling. I think yeah. Kinda... I mean, it's, it's fun. It's, it's, it's good, but it, it, it's also nice to have TV that feels like TV as well, I guess, is what yeah, I'm going absolutely. for. Like I yeah. like the big overarching things too, but um, yeah, episodic, it, it's more fun sometimes depending on the character. And it, I, I think it fits her character a little bit more too. Right. Um, Cause it feels like a lot of the Disney plus stuff is them setting up movies versus setting up more seasons of a show. Right. The other thing too. Um, again, I really hope she shows up in the Daredevil series just because it would be fun. Um, and I, I and like we said before, I hope that there we see Titania again 
um, right. in season two because, like, like we were talking about, there it felt like a little bit of a missed mark in terms of discussing the influence influencer culture within the MCU and the different, like, how that impacts things. And like, I, I kind of want to know where Titania came from as well. I'm like, how did she get her slightly superpower yeah. superpowers? Uh, that'd be interesting right. for me to to know. Um, yeah, and then I think I said this before earlier too, but I I can't wait to see her in the new Avengers Campus ride because she is in the concept art for that ride. <laughs> so hopefully, and I feel like they could do some really fun stuff with her breaking the fourth wall even in the ride. For um, sure. Like, because I remember when I went to Disneyland, um, I think when the Tower of Terror retheme had just happened and they had just opened um, the the Avengers, the Avengers, the Guardians, <laughs> Guardians mission breakout, I was talking to Captain America and he, and he said something about like how, like, oh, I keep hearing about how the, the Guardians keep getting themselves, you know, captured by this guy, but then by the time I get over there to help, you know, they've broken out again, but then I hear that they're back there, you know, and so I'm like, they could do something really right. clever with Jen in that ride, <laughs> kind of in that vein. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that would be fun too, but just, I, I, I hope we see her again because she's so much fun. You know, I, she's, she's definitely one of my new favorite characters. I, I've been thinking about making a cosplay of her, but like in her human form. Cause I, 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 I do not have muscles um, <laughs> at all. I did see a couple people cosplaying She-Hulk at, at Comic-Con, which was, was really, really fun. And I enjoyed seeing that, but I kind of want to make her like super suit, but just like in human form or something. And yeah, right. I, just, I hope we see her again. Cause she's a really fun character and yeah, I, I just, I'm looking forward to what else to do with her. Yeah. And before we sign off, I do want to say really quick that I have enjoyed taking this She-Hulk adventure with the two of you. (laughs) Alexandria, your comic book expertise in this area has been so great for me. I loved editing your articles on She-Hulk, all the ones you wrote for Temple Geek. Um, It's really, it's a pleasure. It was enjoyable for me to read. It's enjoyable to go through this process with you. And also being able to do these two podcast episodes with the two of you who have such thoughtful takes on things, who are just fun to talk to in general. Like, I just want to say thanks. This has been really fun. And, you know, let's do it again for season two. (laughs) Yes. Oh, of course. I can't wait. I know. You guys are the best. (laughs) Secret Wars comes out. Is, Is Secret Wars the next television the next major one i have no idea because i know point, who knows what the timeline is yeah because i know because black panther obviously all i know right now yeah yeah but black panther comes out next month can't wait for that i am going every to time talk. i'm in the so we have oh. amc movie pass so we go to the movies every weekend and so i see that trailer all the time and literally the first time like i saw it on in the theater I started, I, I, I imagined the title card in memory of Chadwick Boseman, and I started crying immediately. Mm-hmm. And Patrick just looks at me, I'm like, I'm fine. And he's like, he's like, baby, it's the trailer. I'm like, yeah, just imagine what a blubbery mess I'm going to be during the whole movie. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, I'm going to, yeah, because that comes out next month. 
And then, a few more weeks. I'm very excited. I yeah. am done waiting. I cannot, wait. <laughs> I cannot wait. I just hope that because like toys and stuff have started coming out and I'm just like, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I don't want to see. Because like some of the toys for Into the, the, Into the Spider-Verse came out early because it was, it was right. supposed to come out last weekend. And like it's spoiled some characters that are supposed to be in it. I'm like, ah, oh, dang, you know. That's such um, a yeah. difficult thing when they have contracts with these toy companies. And yeah, because like all, hey, all the come out no matter what, you know. Yeah, all the Eternals toys came out way super early. I remember, and then they were like on clearance by the time the actual movie came out, which was, which uh, was right. too bad. And that was a fun movie. I liked that movie. I like the Eternals. Um, I really, you know, hopefully we see them. I, I was so like kind of personally offended that. Marvel didn't do a panel at New York Comic Con. Like, they had some comic panels, but they did not do any TV movie stuff at Comic Con. I was like, I mean, they kind of already announced all their stuff. They didn't yeah, really have except much of the fact that it was literally like 23 and San Diego Comic Con. So it was but a, lot. a week and a half, like the week before New York Comic Con, they announced Deadpool 3 with Hugh Jackman coming back. And I'm like, literally, the both of them are in New York City right now. If there Hugh is Jackman is singing, 15 minutes down the road at the, if, at the Winter Garden Theater. And if, they are not, if there is not one song in Deadpool 3, I personally riot. Like, <laughs> it'll just be me outside of Marvel headquarters with and, a and, sign, and I don't care. <laughs> I know. And then, <laughs> and, then, yes. and then he's also... They're, and then Ryan Reynolds is there filming a movie right now. I'm like, they're literally both in New York City. You couldn't have done, like, an announcement. <laughs> really? That's um, but that's a whole other thing. I, but, it, yeah, so there's that. Um, I think What If Season 2 comes out early next year is what I heard. Um, I would probably not, Jan, because uh, Bad Batch comes out January. Was supposed to come out this year, but they had to push it back for whatever reason. I think because Andor won't be over by the time they wanted to to put it out. Um, so yeah, what if then <laughs> we're gonna have to figure something out because the new Ant Man comes out Gallifrey one weekend. So <laughs> oh no, I can't hear you guys. Why can't I hear you guys? Oh, oh sorry, oh, you I was were, on you were, you were muted. <laughs> Like what? Uh, Alexandria, are you going to Gallifrey One? Um, I couldn't find any press information on it. Like I was trying to go There's to no my press. press. Oh, that's so yeah. annoying. It, it's it's <laughs> very small. It, the con is three thousand people. Yeah, that's oh. it. Well, tiny. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, it's mainly just panels and people hanging out in the lobby all weekend getting drunk. I literally <laughs> go for the See, lobby. I. <laughs> I, I wasn't I don't do anything. I hang out. I, like, but like, I the actors actually hang out in the lobby too, which is fine. Right, like I wasn't sure how many cons I could afford for next year. Yeah, and then yeah. I realized that Jody got confirmed for for it, and yeah. I was like, I will sell a kidney. I don't care. I want to go. It's actually usually Galley's um, a lot more reasonable than affordable the cons for their I pictures go. and autographs. So I, I want to go. And then, like, so. um, oh, we're like going off topic. We should probably I know, but, I, but like I was saying, Ant-Man comes out Gallifrey one weekend. So we're going to have to like figure out something for like Thursday, maybe. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm also, because uh, whenever I go to Gallifrey one, I go to Disneyland right after. And so I'm like, there's well. a new character in Avengers Campus by the time I go. Because um, they did, they did confirm it near Comic Con. They did a Disney Parks panel and, M'Baku is going to be in the parks uh, the day that 
Black Panther Wakanda Forever comes out. Oh. There is rumors that Shuri might as well, but that's just complete, like, I'm so rumors, mad I missed but... Wanda. I'm so mad I, I missed Wanda. I, Bring her I, back right I now. I missed Moon Knight by a week and a half. And I was so well, upset. We're going, we're going when the oh. park's all Christmassy, so I'm going to oh. need them to chill. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, and yeah, so Ant-Man comes out in February. The Spider-Man uh, Spider-Verse sequel comes out, I think, May or June. Guardians comes out next year. Secret right. Invasion is in there somewhere. There's a whole lot coming out. And There's, I can't wait. Yeah. Especially between the Star Wars stuff, too. Because I, cannot, I, can't, I can't wait. There's just so much coming out. But... Yeah, so this was, again, like like Miles said, it was really fun talking to you guys about She-Hulk. Hopefully we will get to do this again for a season two, because it was yeah. a lot of fun. Or at the very least, we can talk about her popping up on the big screen, even though the Kevin robot was like, I'm like, no, she, she's going to, she's got to show up, because she's she, amazing. She does. So she's, she's important to later things, so. Yes. <laughs> I mean, they, they can, you know, they're, they're pretty, when they want to, they can keep things secret, but we'll As see. long as Mark Ruffalo and Tom Holland aren't in the room, yeah. Oh, yes, this is true. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> did you guys see, though, the, the videos that um, some of the cast posted about them playing ping pong in costume? No, but that's adorable. <laughs> I will have to send you guys a link afterwards because it was, um, yeah. Charlie Cox awesome. playing ping pong in his Daredevil costume was yeah. a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> Mark Ruffalo in the background in his mocap suit, you know. All right, guys. Well, this is going to wrap up this episode of Temple of Geek. We want to thank everybody who tuned in today and listened to us ramble. But, you know, we, we love this show. We love these characters, love the MCU. So we're going to talk and talk and talk. We could probably talk even more if we don't <laughs> stop ourselves. <laughs> And I want to thank Monica and Alexandra for being the guests today. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok by using the handle Temple of Geek. If you want to check out some of our other episodes or shows, why don't you head over to templeofgeek.com and there you'll find all sorts of content that pertains to the world of geek. And none of it is clickbait because that's annoying. (laughs) All right. Bye, everybody. Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Temple of Geek. And remember to visit TempleofGeek.com. Your one stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.